Daisies by Kendall Savage. Love this Friday, August 12th. I ran away to college to fall out of love with my brother's best friend. Now I'm home to open my dream business with my two best friends. Sean still makes my heart want to do the tango, but I'm finally going to move on from the man who has never noticed me. Step one is going on a date with one of Sean's co-workers. And if Sean just happens to interrupt, I'm sure it's only a coincidence, right? That's Oops Daisies by Kendall Savage, live this Friday, August 12th. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. We have got a second installment of Saving the Bride by Alexa Riley. That's us. Woo! That's coming up in just a second. We're going to catch up a little bit before then. I don't know if I've mentioned it, but we have a garden, and this year it has been fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, like a community garden across the street or something like that. That's what we had in our old house. So they're we're actually oh, okay. working on um we had a church that had like a lot next to them, a big grassy field, and they weren't doing anything on it. So we asked them if they could would donate the land, not like donate it, but let us use the land to grow stuff on for the neighborhood. And you're like, Yeah, that is still going. My husband started it with three other guys and it's still going, it's still there. They have concerts there now, like, out in the garden and stuff on Sundays. It's great. Like, it's really been a community effort, so that was cool. So, believe it or not, there's a church across the street from us, and they have a big grassy lot next to it, so that's something that we're working on now, is we're trying to get them to do another neighborhood community garden. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, we ended up doing one ourselves out back this year, and it has done so well. I actually... One of the things I planted was a seed. I had like grew plants from a seed and it has grown into a tomato and it is growing tomatoes. And it's <laughs> something about that is not only really satisfying, but also kind of a wow moment. Yeah. I think when you like actually do it from a seed and grow it yourself and you see it come to fruition, like it's really cool, like watching that whole process. And my husband's always been great with gardens and stuff. And that's, you know, he's done well. But I had my one little plant this year, and he has done amazing. <laughs> my so, mom does. She's got six huge boxes out in her backyard. I always I see her it. out there. She's out there messing with them. These are these are pumpkins. These are tomatoes. Mm-hmm. These are squashes. Yeah. We interesting. Have a lot of, we have a lot of trees in our backyard, so, like, a big section of it shaded, and it doesn't do well. But between us and our neighbor, there's a really big sunny patch. And so we put, um, like, three boxes there. And then we have three in the back as well. And so we've gotten like tons of cucumbers and peppers and tomatoes out of the wazoo. And we've also gotten um, zucchini and okra and, oh, he did um, pickling cucumbers. So my husband made pickles. So those have been nice. So yeah, it's like, it's been really fun this year. And so he's done this thing that's, it's actually kind of cute. Um, every time he picks vegetables, he comes in and he weighs them on the scale and he has a little note thing where he's keeping up with how much he's actually getting in produce versus how much we've spent to, you know, keep it going. So produce isn't as a person that buys tomatoes mm-hmm. on the regular, because yeah. I eat a lot of tomatoes, mm-hmm. they're not cheap, especially the ones if you want the nice ones on the vine and yep. stuff like that. Yeah, they are. They get pricey, especially later in the year. But I will say where we are in our climate, um, it's so warm for so long. We got our, we picked our last tomato in November of last year. That Damn. was, that's how long we were able to have tomatoes. They grew until November. We picked our last one and it was green at the time, but they, we could brought them inside and they all turn red. Nice. So yeah, like that was that they lasted for so long that way. So that was, you know, it, there is something about living in a warmer climate. You know, I saw this guy one time where he said he was going to only eat on food that he grew and scavenged for a year, which more power to him. I couldn't do it, but <laughs> he did. And he said he purposely chose Florida because of the climate, because he could grow something to eat year round. Mm-hmm. And he was able to do that just in his yard with what he yeah. grew out there and then what he scavenged around. But you know, it was crazy. Like, you know, somebody asked him, they were like, so you didn't eat meat or anything? And he was like, well, he said, I said that I was only going to use what I was able to get in my yeah. yard. 
And he was like, one of the things was, he said, the squirrels wouldn't stop eating these, you know, things that I guess potatoes or something he had. He was like, so the solution was to kill the squirrels. And he was like, and then I ate the squirrels. So he was like, it was kind of a win-win. And I was like, oh my God. It was my mom funny. used to My mom used to shoot him with a BB gun. Yep. She's like a good fucking shot, man. <laughs> she is a good shot. And it looks like a rifle thing. Yeah. And jumping up, pop, she pops the black, huge blackbirds too that try to get on her bird yeah. feeder. Mm-hmm. That BB gun set him against the wall. I'm like, That's oh my funny. God. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was it's been really rewarding, you know, for him and the kids to do this and for us to grow on stuff. So it, it's been really fun. So I don't know, I, I didn't know how much I would enjoy it until I actually participated in it, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. this isn't so bad. <laughs> but yeah, I have a thing on here that I wanted to talk about. Um, how do you feel? about what they call clinch covers versus discrete covers. So clinch covers are like the sexy covers where there's like half dressed people or like sexy couples or had a naked torso of a man. How do you feel about them? Do you care either way? Do you have a preference? Uh, I don't think I have a preference. The abs don't catch my eyes except last week's. That was, it's few and far between an abs cover. Oh, yeah, cover the Philia Martinez. My eyes. Yeah, that yes. cover got me. Oh, that, that cover got good. me. The way he had mm-hmm. that flag draped over him. That was fucking hot, yeah. Usually I'm not big because, like I said, we're like, you seem like thick and stuff. We want a hairy chest mm-hmm. or like stuffed or whatever. I don't, yeah. so the abs don't appeal to me. Like, mm-hmm. that's not a thing. Yeah. Like, actually, one of the things I want to say is you actually, abs don't show strength. <laughs> they actually show a lack of nutrients to a degree that the muscle is. Oh, you mean in muscle. real life? I thought you meant like it does not. <laughs> no, it does not show like powerful. Have you ever seen a heavy lifter with abs? A power lifter? No, you have not. <laughs> well, you know, I, I get the appeal. You know, there's a lot of women who really enjoy that, and I get it. There was a there was a video that I saw the other day. And it said, it was on uh, TikTok, and it was this woman who said to authors, she said, stop putting, like, sexy people on, half-naked people on your covers. She was like, authors, stop doing this. She said, I can't display these on my bookshelf. And Usually prints are different sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, I just thought, like, that's your opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And so, the way she said it, and I watched the whole video, and she was kind of talking down to it, you know? Yeah, the there's a different had, way to say that. Yeah. So, she said, like, you know, authors, if you're doing it, don't do this anymore. Like, I can't display this in front of my kids. I won't have this be out if my mom's coming over. Like, stop. That's ridiculous. You know, if you want discreet, smart, she called them smart discreet covers or something like that. She said smart and it pissed me off. No, and when I heard I'll it, have you know, which I've mm-hmm. said before, my dad has all of our paperbacks, every single one of them displayed in his <laughs> office. Yeah. Displayed. Yeah. He's proud. But you know, like when she used the word smart, it got all over me. And I was like, That always bothers me. I know. I was like, that's, I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there. Because now I'm triggered. Yes. I'm, I'm serious. That's <laughs> you what triggered I me I now. <laughs> I even made a comment, not on her video, but on the person that like um, duetted the video where mm-hmm. she was like, She's like, Authors, do whatever the fuck you want. Look at my bookshelf. And she had like half naked men on her bookshelf. And she was like, who cares? Do, do what you want. Do what you like. And it was kind of, it was kind of shitty too, because the girl that said it, or the woman, sorry, that said it in the beginning, that was like, author, stop doing this. She said that, um, she was like, come to me. I can help you market. I think it was like, she did this whole video. Mm-hmm. It's like a marketing ploy, but you don't have to market to someone by shitting on somebody else. But well, well, as a marketing person, she should recognize, just like major publishers recognize, that different things appeal to different people. Yeah. And that's why when books go to different countries, they all have different covers because yes. they all have a different view of how they see things. Mm-hmm. That's why in America, there's a lot more people on covers. Mm-hmm. In other countries, there's objects and symbols. And somebody in marketing should maybe realize that. You know, when she said the smart thing, that's what 
really got under my skin because I was like, you know what? If you, you authors should be able to do what they want, you can market however you want. But fuck you for saying smart. So I commented on the person that duetted and I said, I have always thought by calling it smart romance, it infers that there is stupid romance out there. Mm-hmm. And that does not sit right with me. Yep. So I don't think that there is a category of smart romance. I don't, I do, I, that, uh, that bothers me to no end for I someone think it's, to say it's smart romance. I think it's because people have called what we write like silly and over the top, but I'm like, I love that. That's what I like to read. I don't mm-hmm. care if they're ridiculous. Yeah. That doesn't make it stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, it's not well written. Do you know how many mistakes Fifty Shades of Grey had, for example? <laughs> like, I mean, really, like words spelled wrong, wrong punctuations. What? And this was in the final draft, you know? So it was like, it doesn't matter, you know? Let people enjoy it what they enjoy. But I do believe that within the romance community, the whole smart romance genre is really toxic. I do too. I hate it. I remember the first time I seen it years ago. I was like, smart romance. I was like, what's the book side mean? Does that mean some of us are reading stupid romance? Yeah, it just sounds very like, um, like condescending. Yes, condescending, super. Like, and why are they, why would we, we we are already fighting a stigma as Mm -hmm. it is. We're fighting everybody else outside the genre. Why are we, like, taking jabs at each other? Yeah. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. So, I don't know. I just thought that I would I would pass on that little bit of advice. So, if you find yourself referring to something as smart romance, consider why. Like, why do you call it smart yeah. romance? Why is it so much better? Okay, it's written better. That doesn't make it not romance, you know? Like, that doesn't make something that's not written as well as you consider it to be written bad. Like, that's, yeah. okay. So, for an example... I'll put this into a different perspective. My brother-in-law one time made a comment about someone, on, a woman on TV, and he said she wears too much makeup. And I turned to him and I said, how much should she wear? You tell me. What is your level of comfort on her makeup? I was so pissed. I was so fucking pissed when he said it. Like, I couldn't even control my mouth when I said it. Yeah. Because I was like, no, no, no. I said, you tell me how much makeup she should wear, and that's what we'll determine it on. Because you think she wears too much. She thinks she's wearing exactly what she should wear. Who do you think's right? Oh, God. What was his response? Nothing. 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 It was just yeah. like, Ugh. I mean, nobody has a defense when it comes to that. So that that is what I would like to liken this to. So when somebody says, well, this is smart romance because it's written better. According to whose standards? You know, you think it's written better. How much better should it be? How much smarter should this book be to qualify as your smart romance? That reminds me of that video you see going around where that girl's like, when did you realize you were hot? And then the girl, Elise, everybody knows Elise probably. Oh, Elise Myers? Yeah, Yeah. she like Uh clocks in and she's like laying on the couch eating broccoli. She's like, hot is like relative, so I'm hot. It's a, it's a, you decide what's hot, so That's I'm exactly hot, right. all right? Yeah. <laughs> it reminds she, me. Yeah. And it's it, that. It's all relative to yeah. what somebody prefers. Mm-hmm. And so for, for something to be labeled, okay, there is a very, uh, there's a distinct line when you label a book, whether it's like, uh, well, I wouldn't say distinct. Maybe it's a little fuzzy line. When you label something in romance, like, okay, maybe it's a rom-com or it's a fantasy or it's a paranormal. Most of the time you can kind of put those in their own, like, you know, mm-hmm. genre or trope or subtext or whatever you want to put it in. But when it comes to smart romance, that is just bullshit. And I think I it is really, I think, I think there's so much mis- deep misogyny in that as well. Because I think there's a part of you that thinks, Romance has to be at a certain level to be elevated, for it to be acceptable, for it to be okay. And I think that's because so many men have told you it is under, it is devalued. Like there's, there's nothing worth value in romance. So I think in a person's mind that says this, it's like, they're saying, oh no, this is better than all the other romance because it's smart. Because it's written well, because it's classy, because it has a nice cover. 
It's smart yeah. romance. And I think that comes from men saying that this is all shit. So you've got to make it better than this shit for it to be, for it to be accounted for. Yeah. And I it's agree. just something that like, I don't, the more I have like sat with this, the more it has really fucking bothered me. And I don't know, like, there's nothing that can be done about it. You know, it's just like when a man says she wears too much makeup. You know, it's, you know, there's yeah, there's nothing I love your response it, but... to that. Do what? I loved your response to that, but that yeah. just came right out of your mouth. It did. I just was like, I was at a point where, I mean, I wasn't even mad. Like, before that, it was just like we were doing something and we were watching and it had nothing to do with what was on the TV. Nothing. And the fact that he had to make the comment in a quiet room where we were watching something that had nothing to do with it. And I've got kids. You know, I've got two girls. And they're It just uncle. makes me think yeah. I'm like, what in, What triggered you to say that? Yeah. Like, out of nowhere where I was just like, what? Like, it's unnecessary. You know, like, it just, it didn't need to be said. But then again, it, it begs the question, how much should she wear? You tell mm-hmm. me. What do yeah. you think? So if you hear somebody say that, I challenge you to ask them that question. <laughs> I love the guys that are like, we, I like the girls that don't wear the makeup that look natural. And I, and they're like, you're like the ones with the full of, face of makeup. <laughs> I was like, no, that's the natural face makeup. That's makeup. She has makeup on, but it's just the natural makeup yeah. look. <laughs> Dummy. Jesus Christ. Oh, I hate men. They're okay. so stupid. <laughs> I'm just going to start a podcast. Just to, I loved when I, they were like, I saw hey, somebody doing a poll when they were asking about the vagina and where they think you pee out of and babies <laughs> come. And the men were just like so confused. So clueless. So clueless. Like, or how a tampon works. Yeah. <laughs> Hand him a tampon and be like, how do you think this works? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like the one where it's like the different um, colors or the different, you know, they'll be like the, for super, they'll be the S, the lights or L's. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're like, what do you think all these means? He's like small, medium, large. <laughs> like, no. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not it at all. That's <laughs> fine. I don't know. All right. Well, let's talk about Alexa Riley now that we're here. <laughs> all right. So our giveaway this week is the signed paperback of Craven Cove and Craven Cove Royalty. So make sure you enter that. We'll pick um, a few winners for that one. Yeah. So multiple people will be packed. Mm-hmm. So you can have a chance to grab one. And don't forget, if you want more princesses, princesses from us, we have the princess um, bundle. There's five books in that. The first one's free. It's on its own. If you want to grab that, it'll be in the show notes, the link to it. And then we've also got the King's Innocent Bride or, like I mentioned, the Craven Cove Royalty from the Sun Paperback. That whole series is in a bundle, and I believe there's four books in that as well. So make sure you check that out. If you are in North Carolina or nearby this Saturday, I'm going to be at Editions Bookstore in Kannapolis. So make sure you come check me out. <laughs> I'll be signing a few paperbacks with Abby Knox and Jenica, excuse me, with Jenica Snow. So it should be a fun time. So we are going to give you the second installment of Saving the Bride. So right. let's do we'll it. We'll see you guys on the other side. Chapter 5 Emma Beckett, have you lost your mind? I'm tugging on his hand so he lets me go, but my stupid feet are still following him. No, I'm pretty sure I'm sane for the first time in my life. This can't be happening. I say it more to myself than him, but I see his smirk. Why does it have to be so damn sexy? I checked, and there's not a waiting period after getting a license. We'll do it all at once, and then you can go back to class. This is like the world's shittiest proposal. You know that, right? But one you'll always remember. I don't have time to react before we stop in front of a big SUV, and he opens the door for me. Let's move, baby. I need to get this locked in. Beckett! I look around like someone is going to come out and explain what the hell is going on. Emma. He says my name in the same tone, but grabs my hips to pull me closer. Give me one reason we shouldn't do this. Are you seriously asking me that question? There are a million reasons why we shouldn't do this. Because we don't know each other? Because I can't just marry a stranger? Because 
we've got our whole lives to learn all the stuff that doesn't count. Like what's your favorite ice cream flavor and what kind of movies you like. Chocolate and romances. But don't change the subject. I nearly stomp my foot as he presses me against his car. He leans down and his full lips brush against mine. Don't kiss me. I warn him, but it sounds weak even to my own ears. Is it because you know the second I do it, you'll be at my mercy? His tongue slides across my bottom lip and I swear to God, my panties become instantly soaked. You are making me crazy. My voice is barely above a whisper as he rubs the hard length of his cock against my lower belly. This is what you're doing to me. I can't hold back my moan, and when he bites my lip, I give in. The way he kisses me is like he's the center of the universe and I'm the thing that's pulled to it. He's gravity, and all I can do is hold on as he devours my cries of pleasure. I'll beg if that's what you need. He says, his sinful mouth moving down my neck. I'll get on one knee and buy you a diamond the size of South Dakota. Why South Dakota? Clearly my brain has left my body because I'm not making sense. Because it's bigger than North Dakota. He smiles as his tongue tastes the spot just below my ear. You're insane. My breath catches in my throat as he pushes his cock against me. Without thinking it through, I rock my hips against it, needing to feel that thick shaft pulse. Yes. He doesn't even try to deny it. Now get your sweet ass in the fucking car before I put you in it. Beckett. I hesitate one last time, and he cups my face in both his hands. What's wrong with giving in? He's so certain, and when I search his blue eyes, there's not an ounce of hesitation. Life is short, Emma. I think we've both learned that the hard way. For the first time, I see the road ahead, and that's with you. He kisses me once more like he can't stand not doing it. Say yes, baby. I'll take care of you for the rest of our lives. Holy shit, I whisper, because as crazy as this is, I think I'm going to do it. That's my girl. His grin spreads wide like he's won, and damn him, he has. Great, now we're both insane, I say, and he pulls me in his arms and spins me around. Two hours later, we're in front of a justice of the peace at City Hall and signing the paperwork. My hands shake as I scratch my signature on the dotted line and the clerk stamps it. You may kiss your bride, the officiant says, and Beckett turns to me. She's my wife now. His words echo in my head as he pulls me close and gently touches his lips to mine. The kiss is soft and sweet as he tucks my hair behind my ear and then looks at me with those clear blue eyes. Ready to go home? Home. I test the word out, and as much as this has been a whirlwind, Beckett was right. I feel a pull toward him I've never experienced before. Not with anyone or Anywhere have I experienced something so powerful. One look, and he knew I belonged to him, but I felt the same in that club. Even before we locked eyes, I couldn't get him out of my mind. We were destined to end up like this, and I was meant to belong to this man. Yeah, let's go home, I say and then laugh because this is ridiculous. I can't wait to see where my husband lives. He laughs too as he pulls me up in his arms and spins me around again. I feel dizzy, but not from the movement, just from being near him. That's what Beckett does to me. He turned my world upside down, and although I've never felt wilder, I've also never felt safer. I'm going to have people move your stuff out of the dorms tonight. There's no need for you to go back. I've still got classes, I say, and he shrugs like it's not a big deal. I live close. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. I repeat his words and he nods without a trace of doubt. Forever. Chapter 6 Beckett Okay, so you're rich, Emma says as I carry her over the threshold of my house and turn on the lights. 
technically, you're rich now, too. I laugh, and she shakes her head. This place is enormous. Most of it is empty. I shrug and carry her into the kitchen. I've got a housekeeper that does basic cleaning and keeps my kitchen stocked. I like doing my own laundry, so that's about all I need. I knew there would be something wrong with you. You like doing laundry. You won't say that after I fluff and fold your delicates. Her cheeks turn pink and I bend down to kiss them. Are you hungry? She shakes her head as I put her on her feet and grab some water. Come on then, I'll show you the rest of the place. How can someone with no family have a house so big? Emma asks after I show her the movie room and the pool. This is a really nice area that's close to the campus and downtown. At the time, I didn't think I'd live here long. I just wanted to use it as an investment property. But the longer I was here, the more it felt right, I guess. It's peaceful to be so close to everything. It's more than that, though. It feels like I've found this place for a reason. I squeeze her hand and then tug her along with me as I show her what's upstairs. And this is our room. Holy shit, she says to herself when I open the double doors. It was the reason I bought the place. The view was amazing, so I had it renovated to show it off. The bed faces the windows that span one entire wall. In the distance, you can see the mountains and the sun setting behind them. The sky is bright orange and pink as it bathes the room in a soft glow. You're the first person I've ever shown this to. Are you serious? Emma turns to me and I nod. It's beautiful. I don't take my eyes off of her as I answer. I agree. Taking a step toward her, I cup her face and brush my thumb across her lower lip. The most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Did we really get married? Her voice is soft, but I don't see fear in her eyes. We did. I bend down and kiss her cheek before my mouth moves over hers. It feels like a dream, doesn't it? She nods and closes her eyes as her hands go to my chest. I'm not sure I want to wake up. You don't have to be afraid, Emma. This is real, and I'm not going anywhere. Maybe one day I'll believe you. She smiles as I kiss her again, and this time my hands go down her back. When I'm with you, it feels like a fog has lifted. I'm seeing things in color when everything in my life before you was gray. I didn't know this was possible. Her hands move to the edge of my shirt and I feel her fingers at the waist of my jeans. But when you looked at me, I knew you were the one. Let me love you, Emma. Let me taste every inch. She moans as I grab her ass and grind her against my cock. When I lift her off the ground, her legs automatically wrap around my waist and I walk us to the bed. I'm dizzy with lust, but there's something else there too. Something telling me to claim my wife and seal this bond between us. I've never been so single-minded before, but when my hands are on Emma, that's the only thing I can think of. Making her mine and telling the world she belongs to me. Her back hits the mattress and I'm kissing my way down her neck and chest. When I push up her shirt, I see she's in a simple white bra and my mouth waters as I pull the cups down. Her nipples are hard pebbles and I latch onto one, licking over the tight peak and then grazing it with my teeth. Fuck, you're perfect. She moans as I move to the other nipple and give it equal attention. Her legs are wiggling under me like she's having a hard time controlling them. But she's also raising her hips like she's trying to relieve the ache. I can certainly help with that. I pop the button on her shorts and slide my hand down the front. When I dip my fingers into her panties, I feel just how wet she is and I groan. One swipe between her pussy lips and I'm pulling my hand out to suck my fingers clean. It's like a shot of adrenaline straight into my bloodstream because as soon as I have a taste, I need more. I'm a junkie off one little lick, and I'm addicted to her body. Shit, I'm not gonna last two seconds in there, am I? She helps me push her shorts off, and then as I grab the edge of her panties, she takes off her shirt and bra. 
She's nearly naked as I drag the last scrap of material from her body and reveal all her smooth, soft skin. She's so fucking pink between her legs, and I have to swallow to keep the drool from running down my chin. I grip the insides of her thighs, pushing them open wider, and then I fall face first into her sweet, sticky heaven. She tastes like summer days stretched out on a beach and cool fall mornings with leaves blowing in the wind. She's all my favorite things rolled into one, and the scent of her is like home. I've waited my whole life to taste this pussy, and I will worship it until the end of time. I use my thumbs to part her lips as I drag my tongue over her clit and then suck it into my mouth. When I push a finger into her tight opening, my cock throbs and leaks come. Fuck, it's going to be a tight fit. Her back bows off the bed as I curl my finger in her tight sheath and touch that sweet spot inside her. She tries to close her legs, but I smile as I keep on licking her pussy and sucking on her clit. Beckett, stop. I can't take any more. I, I think I'm going to... Come on my face. That's the idea, wife. Shit. She hisses, rolling her hips up and then bearing down on my mouth. Come on, baby. Don't be stingy with it. Give me that sweet cream. She cries out and her body tenses before she falls to pieces. Her climax hits hard, and I'm pretty sure I hear the sheets tear as she screams out my name. I'll buy her new sheets every day if it means I can get her off like this. Watching her come is so goddamn beautiful that I shove my hands in my pants and squeeze my cock. I keep on licking her slowly as I tease one orgasm into the next, and she rocks up and down on my tongue. Once the last of it is wrung out, she falls limp on the bed and I smile. I'm happy that I'm the one that's given her this pleasure, and I plan on doing it as often as she'll let me. I've never... She swallows and tries to catch her breath. I've never had anyone do that. I toss my shirt on the floor next to her clothes and push down my jeans and boxer briefs. I want to be skin on skin with my wife, and I want her on my dick. Good, I say, a primal part of me growling in ownership. Mine. I felt how tight you were, baby, but I'll go slow. I'm not on anything, Beckett. Her breath catches as I brace myself over her body and slide my cock through her wet folds. Then it's another way to make sure you'll never leave me. When the blunt head of my cock rubs over her sensitive clit, she moans. You're going to let me come in you, right? She bites her bottom lip, but I see the need in her hooded eyes. She wants this just as much as I do. I settle the tip of my cock at her opening and push in just a little. Then I use the pad of my thumb to gently rub circles around her clit. She's so fucking wet and soft that it's easy to push into her. She moans as I go in deeper, but after another inch, she winces. Just breathe through it, baby. I've got you. With one quick thrust, I pop that sweet cherry and pull her all the way down on my dick. I feel her ass against my sack, and I try not to move as she tenses and then stills. It's too big. She gasps, but I hold her steady and keep petting her clit. God, how is it so big? Stop saying how big my cock is or it'll keep growing. I smile and then groan when she clenches around me. Fuck, don't do that either. Does it hurt you? A look of concern flashes in her eyes and I shake my head. I've never felt anything this good before. I have to breathe deep because it feels like I might pass out from the pleasure. I don't want it to end. Her nails gently scratched on my sides and I nearly purr. She raises her hips, testing how full she is, and I rock in and out a little. She hums in pleasure as I do it again, this time pulling out more and then thrusting back into her wet heat. I put my weight on top of her to hold her body still, and then I kiss her like it might be the last one I ever get. I'm obsessed with how she tastes and feels, and I wish I could keep her like this forever, naked and spread out, with my dick buried in her pussy.
This is truly beyond this world, and I've gone into peaceful oblivion. Harder. She whispers against my mouth, and I nearly come right then. You can't say that. I slide my arm under her hips, raise her up a little before I slam into her. Fuck, I'm supposed to go slow. My body isn't listening to my mind because it's only doing what she demands. Somehow, she controls me because I give her exactly what she wants. Over and over I thrust, and she moans louder. It's not long before she's close to the edge and I can't hold off any longer. With one tilt of her hips, my cock rubs against her clit. She squeezes my length and then comes on it like an angel. And all I can do is fill her up while I watch her come apart. She's so fucking beautiful when she's lost in pleasure, and I feel my soul crack open as it overflows with passion. I love you. I whisper to my wife and collapse on top of her. My cock pulses as I fill her with cum, and all I can do is say it over and over. It's a release like I've never experienced, and I wouldn't want it with anyone but her. Maybe it's too soon to say the words, but I'm not living my life holding back because I'm afraid of what we can build together. She might not be ready to say it, but I won't ever deny her what I'm feeling. I want to give her the world, and that includes my heart. I'll give her that, and the truth of what I feel, because she deserves it. Black spots dance in my eyes from the intensity of the climax, but somehow I manage to roll us on our sides so I can still stay inside her, but not crush her to death with my weight. Beckett, you don't have to say anything, I tell her as I tuck her under my chin and kiss the top of her head. Just let me hold you for now. Let me lie here and feel whole for the first time in my life. Chapter 7 Emma Stop teasing me. I moan, spreading my legs wider and Beckett's tongue slides between my folds. He woke me up like this and now he's keeping me on edge. The morning light is streaming over us and all I want to do is come, but he's making me wait. I want it on my dick, he says, yet he makes no move to fuck me. Then give us what we both want. Right then, he sucks on my clit and my eyes roll to the back of my head. Okay, don't stop. I swear I can hear his cocky smile as he keeps licking me and driving me insane. Finally, I let out a frustrated growl and pound my fist on the mattress. That's when he decides to take mercy on me and moves up my body. In one quick move, his giant cock is seated inside me, and he begins to thrust. He pounds me hard, and the sticky slaps of our sex are dirty and lewd. It turns me on hearing his grunts as he goes deeper. Beckett loves to tell me how good I feel and how tight I am as he worships my body, and I can't believe how lucky I am. Never in all of my life did I think I would end up with someone who adores me so implicitly. From the very second he looked at me, he vowed to keep me safe, and that's exactly what he's done. He's made me feel like anything is possible, and that my future is wide open. There's nothing I can't do with my husband at my side, and possibilities that I never allowed to grow are becoming reality. We could have a family. Hell, we could be making one at this very moment, and the thought of that doesn't scare me. Instead, it gives me hope that I'll finally have the love I've longed for. Beckett told me he loved me, and at that moment I wanted to shout it out loud, but he stopped me and made me wait. Maybe he didn't want to feel like I'd only return the words because I felt obligated, but that wasn't it at all. If anything... I fell in love with him the moment his blue eyes met mine, and I've been terrified to admit that even to myself. Beckett. I say his name and watch as his eyes darken. He loves when I say it, especially when he's inside me. His whole focus is on me, and it gives me a sense of power. You're so beautiful. He kisses me softly before he looks down to where we're joined and groans with pleasure. Taking his face in my hands, I lock eyes with him as I say the truest words I've ever spoken. I love you. 
He stills, and then I watch as his big body trembles. He brushes the hair out of my face before he comes down and presses his lips to mine. I love you so much, Emma. You're my one and only. The words must send him into a frenzy, because after that he's on a mission to make me come as many times as possible. Turns out that number is five before he finally allows himself to fall over the edge with me. His warm release in my belly makes me feel full and sated, even though I moan at the loss of him when he pulls out. I never thought I could crave that connection, but clearly I'm obsessed with my husband. We have a shower, and then he helps me find clothes from the boxes that were dropped in the garage late last night. Once I'm ready for school, we ride together to campus, and it's surreal. Yesterday, at this time, I was thinking about Beckett and then worrying about never being able to see him again. Now we're married, and it's like I'm living some kind of fairy tale without the shitty stepsisters. I'll be waiting on you right here after your class, Beckett says and pulls me in for another kiss. Just one more. He kisses me again and then groans. Okay, this is the last one, I swear. I giggle as he has to force himself to let me go so I'm not late for my lab. I missed it yesterday, but I should be able to grab notes from someone else. Before I walk through the double doors, I wave to Beckett and he blows me a kiss. It's silly, but I love it. Once I'm inside, I make my way down the hall to my class and I feel my phone vibrate. Thinking it's probably Beckett, I grab it out of my backpack and answer it without looking at the screen. I told you I'll come out the second I'm finished, I say automatically and laugh. When there's nothing but silence on the other end, I stop walking. Hello? Emma, this is Zuri. Please don't tell me you got married yesterday, not five hours after I specifically told you that your extension was denied. She sounds irritated, but it shouldn't matter, right? Well, technically that's what happened, but... You do understand a fraudulent marriage is a felony, and you can be deported. Her tone is all business now, and long gone is the woman who helped me navigate this process for the past four years. Zuri, it's not like that. You've failed to mention any relationship this whole time, let alone an engagement that could have had a huge impact on your status. Why wouldn't you tell me about that, Emma? Unless you're trying to hide something, or manipulate me in some way. No, Zuri, it's not that at all. I met Beckett and we just fell in love and it kind of happened really fast. Emma, there's not much I can do to help you now. There will be an investigation and you and your new husband will be called in for questioning. Questioning? Why? We didn't do anything wrong. The timing is suspicious. I'm sorry, but it's out of my hands. Zuri, please, you know me. You have to tell them this is real and not some kind of scam. Someone is already on their way to you. I'm sorry, but I've done all I can. I want to believe you, Emma, but the evidence isn't really in your favor. Tell me what to do, please. I want to figure this out, and I don't want to get anyone into trouble, including you. She sighs, and there's a long pause as it sounds like she moves to a quieter place. Listen, Emma. I think you're a good person, and you're telling me the truth, but you've got to convince the investigator that's coming to see you today. You have to make him think that you and this Beckett guy are the real deal like you say you are. We are. In my mind, I think that me leaving the country is the reason Beckett pushed for this, but knowing how I feel about him, our marriage would have happened eventually. How we met might have been a little insane, but it was for the greater good. What? Zuri says, and then I explain what went down that night in the club. So yeah, it's kind of crazy, but honestly, it was real. Okay, then listen to me very carefully. I've got an idea, and if you do what I say, we should be able to get you through this. I'm listening, I say, and turn away from my class and run out of the building. Chapter 8 Beckett Are you sure about this? I ask as we walk into the club. Yeah, 
I trust Suri, and she told me this would work. The club's back kitchen is being renovated, and while that's going on, I've got crews in here replacing some of the older floors and repainting the walls. It was time for an update anyway, since it's going to pass to the new owner this week. Philippe and I had talked about it, and we both agreed once we were married, we'd sell this place off. He still had stock in our company, but I ran things as a managing partner. I brought on Bert a few years ago, and he's in position now to buy us out and keep things going. I told him that I'd make sure the place was back in working order before that happened, but the deal should close by the end of the week. I've still got more money than I could spend in several lifetimes, and I want nothing more than to spend those days spoiling my Emma and making her dreams come true. That is, if we can convince this investigator that we're legit. As soon as we're inside, we see him sitting at the bar with a bottle of water and looking around. We walk over to him, and when we're close enough, he stands up and shakes our hands. I'm Ted Portman. I'm here to check on the validity of your recent nuptials. He looks at Emma skeptically, and I already want to kick this guy in the dick. Thanks for meeting us here, Ted. I say, not bothering to call him by his last name. I can be polite, but only so much if he's going to talk down to my wife. I'm not sure I've ever interviewed a couple in a bar before. He laughs at his own joke as the three of us take a seat at a nearby table. We thought it would be fun for you to see where we met, Emma says as she takes my hand. And parking on campus is a nightmare. You're right about that, Ted agrees as he takes out a notebook and a pen. So, I'm here to evaluate your relationship and ask a few questions. Afterwards, you'll be required to come to my office and take a knowledge assessment on how well you two know each other. That won't be a problem. I say, and Emma squeezes my hand. I'm sure that you're aware if you fail the test, you'll be convicted of a felony and your wife will be deported. Ted asks me, and I feel my hackles rise. Did Zuri tell you how we met? Emma interrupts, and Ted reluctantly looks at her. No, he says flatly. Like I said, it was here, but it was a funny story. You see, my best friend was upset, and I thought that taking her out to dance away her sadness would make her feel better. Ted doesn't make a sound as Emma keeps going. This guy she'd been in love with since she was a kid bet his friends that he could sleep with her. And of course she found out and was devastated. Go on. Ted narrows his eyes, but he looks interested as Emma keeps talking. But it turns out that he only did it to keep his friends from going after her, because really, he'd been in love with her since he was a kid, too. So when he went crazy looking for my best friend, they tracked us down here, and then he and Beckett marched onto the dance floor, and that's when we met. Is this true? Ted looks at me, and I nod in confirmation. I took one look at my husband, and I knew he was the one. Then, when he kissed me... She sighs as she shakes her head. I was a goner. Emma shrugs and beams at Ted. Beckett was a good guy that was helping his friend make things right. That's the kind of man he is. He would do anything for someone in need, but especially a woman. I just happened to be the bonus that night he wasn't expecting. Hearing her say it all out loud sounds right. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for her, including stalking her on a dance floor and kissing her like a crazy man. You're more than I ever expected, I say, and bring her hand to my mouth and kiss the back of it. I'm a lucky man. We're happy to take any tests you need to help prove we're the real deal. Emma pulls some papers out of her purse and slides them across the table. I was able to get a couple of testimonials printed before we got here, just in case you needed them for documentation. You did? Ted takes the papers and his eyes widen when he sees the name on the first page. Of course, you'll see the king and queen have nothing but glowing remarks to say about their adopted son Beckett, and even Prince Philippe had time to write up a few things. Oh, I must have forgotten to mention that my best friend is soon to be River's bride. You know how royalty can be. Did you not know Philippe Andorra was a founding member of this club? I say, just to add a little icing on the cake. 
Emma is sugary sweet with her words, but the threat of all those powerful names is like a hammer beating nail after nail into Ted's coffin. Um, I'll, um, take these with me, he says, straightening the papers and tucking them into his bag. If there happens to be a follow-up call or, I'm sure you'll understand if we're a little delayed in answering. We'll be on our honeymoon just as soon as Emma is finished with her finals. I say smoothly, and Ted nods. Oh, uh, yes, of course. He clears his throat, and the three of us stand. He shakes our hands quickly before he grabs his bags and hurries out the door. How in the hell did you get Philippe's parents to say I was their adopted son? I turn to Emma with wide eyes, and her smile is wicked. Philippe was all too eager to forge his parents' name. Something about him doing it since kindergarten, but I didn't ask a lot of questions. I can't believe you pulled this off. Do you really think you'll let it go? I ask as I pull my wife into my arms. Zuri said tell the truth, then drop the names. All I had to do was call in a favor with Philippe. So, just FYI, we owe him. That asshole owes me about 20 times over. I lift her off the ground and kiss her quickly. But I'm glad that we can put this behind us. Apparently we've got a honeymoon to get to? She asks, raising an eyebrow. Yep. I plan on making love to my wife on every continent. I laugh as Emma wraps her legs around my waist and giggles. Can we start with this one? She kisses my neck and I hum in pleasure. Anything you want, baby. I love you, husband. She says, and I close my eyes, savoring the words. I love you too, wife. Now let's have a quickie before I take you back to class. Her laughter fills the empty club as I carry her to a nearby closet. This has been Saving the Bride by Alexa Riley. Read for you by Veronica Fox. Welcome back. Hey, welcome back, welcome back. So thank you to us, Alexa Riley, for giving this book this week. <laughs> <laughs> Up next week, we have got Jaylen Autumn. She has got a book for us called Finding Forever. That sounds so sweet. So we've got some great books coming this season. I'll tell you the next couple of authors we've got because we've already gotten their books turned in. So we have them. We're, we've got them in our grasp. So I can tell you those. Um, we have C.C. Monroe, Cameron Clare. Ooh. And then we have Natalie Knight, Lonnie Ree, and we have Mila Crawford. And Mila was great because she emailed me and she said, how dirty can it be? And I was like, what do you, she was like, I just need to know what my boundaries are. And I was like, Go there are it. no boundaries. No, no. So, so that one should be really fun. So we've got lots of great books ahead this, this season. So it's going to take us all the way until the end of the year. So. And then we're going to have a nice long break. (laughs) All right. Well, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make sure you're a bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance.